Hey, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on when you're watching or listening to this edition, edition 102, to be precise, of Hypnosis wow. Week. Yeah, well, indeed. Now, we've got two people, two guests for the price of one this week. Yes, indeed. And that's oh, because... No. You pay us both. Oh, damn, <laughs> damn. There's no payment involved. Just publicity. Um, no, seriously, two people for the price of one. Two heads are better than one, uh, as they often say. We have with us, who I will introduce in a moment, a gentleman who I see below me at the minute, might be different when it goes out, who is the author, along with, according to Amazon, the lady as well, uh, at the side of us. So without further ado, to discuss this book, to discuss everything they do and a whole bunch of stuff to do with hypnosis, the mind and whatnot, please welcome Mr. James Holmes and Sue Peckham to Hypnosis Week. Hi, guys. Hi, Jonathan. Thank you so much for having us on. Thank you for being on. Look, let's get this out. We're going to come to this in more depth later, your book. Unfortunately, I've not had time to read it. I apologise because Amazon... Jonathan, you, you've had about six hours. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I know, it's terrible. I literally Sorry. did yeah, get right. here this morning. So let's go, let's go. <laughs> we'll, come, we'll come to that later. Uh, I was hoping to have read at least some of it. I've literally just had a quick flick through. And no, bloody hell, I, it looks like, I mean, look, people at home, see that? There is, it's not just a case of it having 417 pages. As far as I can tell, looking, the stuff that jumped out wherever I flicked, and I can see that I'm going to very much enjoy reading this. And it looks like it is, well, it's definitely got to be worth 12, 12.99. Insane value on Amazon. I did order yeah. the hardback, but for some reason they wouldn't deliver it me. There you go. Strange. Yeah. Yeah. So look, let's start at the beginning. The reason we both got you both on is because you were joint directors of, let me get this right, because my geography is rubbish, Hampshire Hypnotherapy and Counselling Centre in the United Kingdom. Um, so please tell us your origin story. How did you get to be running that together. How did you get into this crazy hypnosis stuff? Hour, haven't we? Yeah. No, I think I, I, over to Sue for this one, Jonathan. <laughs> so right back to the beginning, we first met in 1996 yeah. when James was the head of, of music at a local primary school and I joined that school as a special needs assistant, as they called them in those days. Mm -hmm. And long story short, I started then working in James's department quite a lot. And we Even got, though it was it, it, it was actually a secondary school, not a primary school. Yeah, secondary school. Um, but I started working in his department quite a lot because I had a bit of a musical background and um, we just kind of got on really. And the department ran really successfully with the two of us together, but we both kind of had a bit of an entrepreneurial um I don't know what you'd call it, bench. Speak or bent, yeah, both will work, yeah. So on our spare time, which you don't get much when you're a teacher, um, we set up little sort of side hustles and different things that we used to. We had a tanning company for a while. We had a clothing company. We'd fly backwards and forwards to Thailand and bring clothing in with us. And then we realised that we were kind of quite good at doing this type of thing. So James said, if I can find something that we could both train in and we could set up a legitimate business, would you be up for it? And at the time I was going through divorce, I've got nothing to lose. So 
we talked about what we might like to do. James had always been really, really interested in psychology and the mind. And uh, because I worked with the children with behavior problems, I'd done a lot of work in um, psychology with children. So we decided we'd look at that, found a hypnotherapy course, which was a little bit more in depth than your general hypnotherapy training, something that would give us a real good background and lots of tools. And we did the training alongside our um, teaching. Then we went part-time to dip our toe in the water. And within three years, we'd built a big enough client base to leave teaching, leave education completely. And we set up full-time in 2006 and we've never looked back. Cool. Now, two obvious... I was going to say, Jonathan, I remember quite clearly being at school, being sat on the computer, looking up courses and stuff like that. And this course came up and it looked interesting. Uh, The internet obviously was not like it is now. And it said, you can do it with somebody else, get two courses for the price of one. So I thought to myself, right, I'm going to, if I say, ask Sue, I'm going to save myself some money. Uh, So it's essentially half price for me. That decision has probably cost me around five and a half million so far. Um, (laughs) So uh, be careful of your decisions. On on, on a serious note, I I, I want to tell you this today. Um, At that time, uh, you know, I started to get a real interest in hypnosis. And your name kept coming up. And I remember buying... I guess it must have gone on eBay, a DVD of yours, and it was a, a, a kind of a pink case. I mean, back then, it was, it was probably the, the, the height of technology. You know, you'd obviously shot it yourself. I, I, I have a feeling there was a Rolls Royce in it. Um, and I remember ordering this and watching this video and kind of you, you were you were the name of hypnosis back then you, you, you know it, it was you you would cover the internet you were the go-to person i, I think i still have that dvd somewhere you think one day uh, it'll be worthless yeah well this is it it's uh it, it's gone it was quite expensive and it's gone down in value every year uh, <laughs> so if i find it again <laughs> you know uh, what's a what's a dvd player so I remember when we met you probably about four years ago now in Birmingham. Five years uh, it ago, was isn't it? Kind of for me, was, is it five years ago? 2017. Wow. Yeah. wow. I think you're right, yeah. It was like meeting a celebrity in my mind because, uh, I, you know, you kind of inspired me to get into uh, what, we've, what we do now. Um, and again, you know, you were the, the, the go-to person for that stuff so thank you for that i can't remember what i learned off the video but but it was uh well, that beats very... material, but hey <laughs> well as i always said i mean thanks for that feedback but at the end of the day the most important thing is that you got off your ass and took action and did something and that's kind of the message i like to try and get to people with with this podcast but two things that jumped into my mind uh, when Sue was giving me that answer before, is that I'm guessing viewers or listeners will be thinking. The first one is, I know in that tale you were going through a divorce. Are you just business partners or are you life partners as well? Oh, is my God. 
Yeah. Miss partners, yeah. best mates. Yeah. Going to ask it because people will be thinking it. I'll ask the questions that might upset you. Sorry, but you know, he gets out there. Right. I gathered as much. See ya. Right. I'm hanging <laughs> up. I'm hanging up. Um, and, and, and the second um, bit was where, where was that first course? Because if I look on, I looked on your website, I think um, I saw HCB. So I'm guessing that would be one of the first places. Well, one of the first places I studied in the. Uh, Bloody hell, late 80s, start of the 90s. Um, Neil French's... Neil French. Yeah, yeah. We were like the next wave after Neil French. Somebody else took it over. Oh, um, Rob, Rob Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. And we went through the main part of our training while Rob Kelly ran the organisation, yeah. Right, cool. So that was very much... Uh, you started off with the psychoanalysis... Uh, very much Freud, Freudian, kill your father, fuck your mother approach. In the beginning, <laughs> yeah. We've learned a lot since then. <laughs> so what is it? That's how you started out. And obviously you've got to this and people can see in the background, you know, you, you've got, if you go and look at your website, the links will be below. There isn't just you two, although obviously you are the helm and, and the face of it, but you're kind of, you, you've got a load of other therapists listed on, on your site as well. Um, how, how have you driven it to a point where you've got enough demand not just for both of you but also for other therapists as well because one of the things a lot of viewers and listeners will struggle with and you can see it on the groups galore is that, that they're not getting enough clients yeah yeah Sue would you like to answer this problem one we've never had from the very beginning James there were two things James kind of really drummed into me. When we start this business, we will run it 100% with honesty and integrity and everything. And it was, that was like number we, one. We, we let that slide about 10 years ago. <laughs> then we met Steve Miller and that all went out the window. No, I'm joking. Um, yeah. And then there's the second part, and I remember him saying, we've got to be marketers first. Because we could be the best therapists ever, but if no one knows about us, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So we set out, we would turn up at the opening of an envelope. We were everywhere. And we learned a bit about marketing. We did a lot of networking. But, and this sounds really arrogant and I don't mean it to, but we're bloody shit hot at what we do. And a lot of personal recommendations started to come in. And between the marketing, the networking and the recommendations, we were booking out probably between 30 and 40 clients a week each, um, which over a period of time is pretty knackering. Mm. And it's oh, not sustainable. Yeah. So we were chatting with our accountant one day, weren't we, James? And he said, why don't yeah. you look at... He said, you're getting so much business in. Why don't you look at getting other therapists in and putting some of the business to them. Well, we didn't want to get in, involved in employment law and employing people. So we advertise for self-employed mm -hmm. subcontractors. We're very, very picky about who we take into the practice with us. And we've had, we've made a mistake occasionally and we've had to let people go. But the majority of the therapists that have come on board with us, they've been fantastic, but they specialise. So I specialise in weight loss. Okay. And I do a lot with people with anxiety. The two quite often go together, the anxiety and depression. 
But if I've got someone who comes in for bereavement, we've got a specialist in bereavement. That's what they do. That's what they're really good at. We've got specialists in, James does a lot with drug and alcohol addiction, but he also does a lot with businessmen who, and businesswomen who've lost their mojo, who've feeling not good enough, suffering mm -hmm. from imposter syndrome. Um, I don't know if you want to elaborate on that a bit, James, a bit more about what you do. No, exactly. I think the thing is, uh, and I'll be, Totally frank here, because uh, one of the things I like about you, Jonathan, is you are so honest. I am quite ashamed of the industry, to be honest. Um, I hear, and soon I hear stories of people who go to see a, a hypnotherapist and they go to their house. Uh, you know, if they're a female, they go into a male uh, house of a male on their own. It's, I'm thinking, you know, what, what are you thinking? You know, when you come to us, you come to a lovely plush office. Uh, there's receptionists. Uh, you know, it, it's the whole experience, which, again, is all part of the suggestion about getting better. Yeah, I kind of feel there should be some regulation uh, in in there. And, and in fact, in many ways, it led on to the apps. That well, we actually, because you know, can I just say, I, I couldn't agree with you more, James, but here's the thing. There's these people, it does kick up that, well, there should be regulation. But the irony of it is there are already laws and regulations that have been in place that apply to all businesses and apply that if enforced more fully, you wouldn't need yeah, anything yeah. else for therapy. I mean, for Christ's sake, health and safety laws and duty of care laws apply to anyone yeah. operating as a therapist. And such, therefore, the example you've just given about you know, someone going to some of that, well, fine. There's nothing wrong with someone perhaps having a, a, a dedicated room in the house as, a, as a, an office. I'm not saying that. As long as the duty of care and health and safety stuff's taken care of, which, by virtue, one of those things would be that they're never alone. A male therapist would never be alone with, well, a female or a male. There would always be somebody else present in that building uh, in a manner whereby there's an element of safety both for the therapist and the client, and which is why I always tell students they should be videoing every session from before the client walks into the door anyway. So you've got a completely uncut video of the entire room before they arrive to the moment of the leaving to protect the therapist as much as the patient. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, you've got the issue with it, business rates and things like that. You need to apply for business rates for change of purpose for your your house. And a lot of people aren't aware of that. And then they get into difficulties where they fall and foul of the, the rating system and all this kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, oh yeah, there's business compliant laws that people, but more hypnotherapy courses in general don't. And I'm not trying to give an advert, but in my elite hypnosis boot camp, there is a big, massive section on business, <laughs> business compliance, health and safety, and all those things. But generally speaking, they don't teach, they don't teach them those things. And I couldn't agree yeah. more. I mean, look, just looking at the back, viewers that watches, if you're listening to this on the podcast, go to hypnosisweek.com, click on the watch the video version, then you'll be able to see in the background of Sue. And you can see the professionalism of the sign in the office, hypnotherapy and counselling. It's all part of that non-verbal suggestion, like James said before, 
having an office, yes, it's an additional expense, albeit it doesn't have to be because there's places where you can hire it by the day or by the hour, but it gives you that extra gives you that extra prestige. I couldn't agree with you more on that point. I see the Sorry, so say, say again. It protects everybody, but also straight away you're giving the client the suggestion this is a really successful practice. Mm. These people are going to be able to help me. It all adds to the, the suggestion from the get-go. You know, if you, if you want really professional, really um, successful help, you want to go somewhere that kind of shows that. Now, one thing about your website, which obviously works for, for you guys because you've got multiple therapists, it probably just about worked with two of you, but the fact that there's multiple therapists listed overcomes the fact that it lists practically everything from A through to Z can be dealt with. Because I generally yeah. say, don't have millions of things listed, but you, you did say before, you know, each of them has their specialist area. And so, you know, in terms of the people who haven't got a whole team of therapists on their website and are just one man or one woman or however they identify one person bands. Um, how important, going back to it briefly, do you think niching uh, and being perceived as a specialist is to building a sustainable business? Yeah, totally. Um, I think the thing is you have your areas that you have uh, better success with and so therefore you get experience in those areas and therefore you can deliver the best um, results for those clients. I mean, I, I'm the only one at the practice that sees smokers and, okay. you know, because the other, the rest of the team don't really want to see smokers. Uh, they, they can sometimes be quite a challenge. Similarly, I, I don't see many weight loss. Sue specializes in weight loss. That's her passion. That's her thing. And I think if you, if you, uh, zoom in and niche down on those areas. You just get known for them, and that's where you get your recommendations. Similarly, in the early early days, uh, we would see kids. You know, um, having an education background and qualifications, people would refer a lot of kids to us. Um, and I don't mind seeing kids, but you know, we've got a great team that would see the kids now and work with them. And I think they're better placed to do that, particularly if they've got counselling skills as well. So I, I think, you know, I, I agree with you. In the early days, find your niche, zoom in on, on that, learn as much as you can, be the specialist, because no matter how great you are, you can't be jack of all trades and, and know about all the different areas of the mind. You know, it, it, you, I know, know more than most people about the mind and psychology, et cetera, and I'm sure you'll agree it, you know, you you then realise how much you don't know. And, you know what? I'm and... going to have to. I'm actually going to disagree with you. But it's okay because you can come back and tell me how wrong I am. But I actually okay, think I will do. I'm looking forward to that. That's fine. <laughs> I have. Uh, it's taken me a good well till about 2017, 18, 19, 20, so five years off, five years off 33, so 28, 29 years um, to formulate what 
I would argue is the closest thing that anyone's ever put out there to what the total description of what hypnosis really is and how it truly works. That ironically, you can take any psychological approach, whether it's bloody analysis, count, don't matter what, Jung's approaches, uh, Freud's approaches, behaviorism, any of them. And they can all be explained by the model that I've been booked that I put together, which if once you understand, assuming that you buy into it, the fact that all problems, whatever they bloody well are, and I state this particularly to those who go, you've got to do regression to cause, or you've got to find the root cause of the issue to remove it, which I actually do believe you do need to deal with the root cause of whatever the issue is in order for there to never be any symptom substitution in the future. And in order for that individual to become fully balanced, whatever winky-wanky way you want to put it, but ultimately so there's no symptom substitution, so that it's no longer an issue, so that nothing else needs to be an issue until life becomes an issue, because obviously nothing's perfection forever. And But you don't have to have them mentally mind-rate them to relive traumas, like some approaches say. The yeah. key is, the only reason why they reacted differently than some other people because some people get raped and it ruins the life. Others um, take it upon themselves to help other victims and become inspirational. You see the stories in women's magazines. And what, 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 what was the difference? Well, the difference is what happened as they were growing up that moulded them as a child that either made them stable or unstable in certain psychological and emotional areas. That's the only thing that can possibly be different about when they encounter that situation as such, which is why the people with certain imbalances, it affects them one way. People who haven't got those imbalances, it doesn't affect them in that way. And when you accept that it is as simple as that, if you can take the client that comes to you, whatever the problem is, whether it's cocaine addiction, heroin addiction, uh, being a victim of child abuse, and focus on making them as a human being feel fully whole, loved, wanted, needed, appreciated, cared for, cherished and valued, so that they feel fully balanced in terms of their self-confidence, self-image, self-esteem, self-control, which is the next level, as I call it, which in turn will balance out their self-love, self-worth, self-respect and positive selfishness, which arguably then leads to the self-identity, them, so the balance, then their reason for reacting the way they did from that childlike manner that was an unbalanced because of whatever had gone on, no longer exists at an unconscious or conscious level. So it comes crashing down and the timeline, Tad James would say, gets rewritten, but it's it just quite simply they now going to be reacting completely different at an unconscious or conscious level because it's been... Balanced out, the things have been replaced that were lacking that caused them to end up manifesting those um, imbalances and things that were missing, whether it be through smoking, drinking, drugs. So once you replace those things, everything else takes care of itself. It's my honest, genuine um, conclusion after a little over 30 years.
Uh, I agree. But you said you but you but beforehand you said you can't like understand everything. So uh, you know, can't uh, we're going to be disagreeing? I think it, it it's different what I'm saying. Uh, you're, oh, okay. you're talking you're talking about uh, therapeutic uh, interventions and approaches, yeah. And I, I, I what I'm saying is, well, the, no, I'm the, talking about why they ended up with an issue in the first place. Yeah, 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 yeah and, and I fully agree with that. Okay. What I'm talking about is when you look at belief systems. Uh, for example, let, let's take nar narcissism. Um, sure. You know, if you, it's it, it's relevant because if we've watched the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial, uh, I know she was diagnosed with uh, borderline and histrionic personality types, but they're all in that cluster B in DSM four. Well, well, that's um, all bollocks anyway, though, isn't it? A bunch of people voted on some names that can prescribe drugs. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and again, I agree with that. But but what what I find fascinating is. I believe Amber Heard believed everything she was saying. Most of the time, uh, I'd say her body language was consistent with that, yeah. Um, but if it didn't happen, how did she generate those beliefs? Well, as Emil Kue so famously tells us, um, the mind doesn't know that the unconscious doesn't know the difference between imagination and reality. So, I, I, again, are you saying that she imagined the events occurring and then believed them so much they became her reality? Because I believe her body language gave her away. I don't believe she did, her body language did reinforce what she was actually saying we're going off the, we're going way off the topic here hey, no it's true <laughs> if, if somebody believes in their body language all their body language is going to show is whether they believe whether they're telling the truth or not which is on the basis of if they believe yeah and but, uh, yeah but i i, I believe but she believed it but i believe her her body i believe her body language did not say uh did, was not aligned with the events in other words her, her, her conscious will believed it was true, mm. but her unconscious didn't. I think is what I, I'm trying to say. Now, okay. what, what I'm saying is, how do we how do we understand how um, some, something like a a grandiose or, or a covert narcissist believes something to be so real, and yet it never happened? You know, to the extent you you know, the, not maybe not Amber Heard, but somebody would pass a polygraph test. That's what I'm talking about. I don't understand that. And I don't think there are many people who do understand that. There are so many questions. Now, I agree wholeheartedly with your therapeutic approach. I know you're a fantastic therapist. There's, well, there's definitely stuff that we're never going to understand because the truth of the matter is also called psychological research um, kind of goes in three, five, seven and ten year cycles and gets proven to be right and then gets proven to be wrong, then gets proven yeah. that actually it was right, but no, actually, no, it's wrong again. And that <laughs> seems to have historically gone on. So they're all just theories and constructs, aren't they? I mean, what matters ultimately to us as therapists is does the client end up getting the change they desire? And clearly 
they do yeah, when, absolutely. They see you, when they come and see you guys because otherwise you wouldn't be building such massive word of mouth and so, such a wonderful reputation um tell me and, and this is going off on one in, in entirely again we spoke briefly about niching and i couldn't agree more what are the i'm just going to randomly go what are the your top three and this is to both of you so i'd like an answer from both of you please the top three bits of advice you give to viewers and listeners of what not to do oh great great question great question to what not to do in a quest to build their business or be better Right For question. me, number one, don't try and be somebody that you're not. Mm -hmm. uh, don't be fake in your practice. Um, I quite often say to clients when they, they come into me, we offer a free initial consultation, which is as much for us to decide whether we're going to take the client on as if it is for the client to decide whether they're coming to us. But I do say to them, I swear a lot and I'm very straight talking and I understand if that's not for you, I've got a gentler therapist no. who may suit you better. Now, the majority of them are so bloody terrified by them, they wouldn't dare say, oh, no. You know. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> but it is, you know, just be yourself. Don't, don't be fake because in the end, you can't sustain it and you would get found mm -hmm. out. And it's too hard. It's much easier just to be yourself. And don't, number two, don't be afraid to develop your own stuff. We developed our, completely our own weight loss program for me to lose my weight. When we first started, I was a size 18. 12 so, weeks to wow, if you go on the internet. Wow. Tap that in. Absolutely. Get that in. We've got our program in the office face-to-face, one-to-one sessions. We also do those worldwide. But in one of our exchanges, or as James calls them, Rouse, <laughs> did say, we developed this weight loss program for me to get rid of my fat. And then I got rid of three and a half stone, went down from a size 18 to a size 10. And I've kept that weight off ever since. That was in 2003 when I was 45. I've never put any of that weight back on. I'm 65 this birthday. Oh, I, I have. Are you really 65? Wow. Genuinely, wouldn't have thought that. Because if you're going to be rude, I just know it. What you're going to say? Be nice. We're on air. Imagine you've undergone a personality transformation, and just for half an hour, you're going to be nice to me. Look. <laughs> so, we were doing really, really well with this program. I was just teaching other people to do what I did. I've got the relationship with food of a naturally slim person. Don't diet, don't weigh, don't measure, don't any of that. I have, I am a naturally slim person. James and I had to create that program. There's a lot of stuff in there that people, is it really that easy? Well, do you know what? Yeah, it is. People overcomplicate it. The diet industry overcomplicates it. So we made it really simple. People would come and we had people flying in from Belgium. We had people flying in from um, Abu Dhabi to do one-to-one. -one. And James loves tech. He loves it. Anything to do with tech, it'd be off for days. So he said, I reckon we could create an app from that. I said, oh, no, I'm not doing that. That won't work. How many have we sold? Over, Over a, million. a million. Nice. And we have a Facebook support group that people who buy and use our app, we support them 
completely free of charge, they can join that. We go 100% all in, but it's all our own stuff. So quite often it's about challenging. No, don't be afraid to challenge. You might have learned something at a very basic level, but just because you've learned it that way doesn't mean it's right. And if you come up with something that is really working for you and you've got total belief in it and you can prove it, social proof, go for it. I think the, uh, the the ones I would add is something we we've seen when people come to work with us is they will offer like a free consultation that lasts an hour. They'll say go and have a coffee or something like that. And I, I think that doesn't help you or the client, particularly the client. You know, a, a initial consultation should be. Um, 10, 10, 15 minutes tops. You know, we, we our, our clients, when they come in, the consultation literally was, you know, the 10 minutes it would say, right, great. Let's do you want to get started. Great. And we're into the first session. Because they say, well, people want to get started straight away. So then the client starts. Rarely do we have, in fact, I can't actually ever think of somebody who said, no, I'll go away and think about it. Um, so don't, because, uh, you know, we don't value things that are free. So you, 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 you would... so you book in when you book them in for an initial consultation into your diary, you're setting yeah. time in your diary so that you can go straight into doing a session, assuming they Absolutely. agree to such and pay at the end of the consultation. And we tell the client that on the phone. Before they come. Before they come. Everything. So by virtue of them showing up, they're kind of already, from a sales perspective, probably 80, 85% of the way to making the buying decision, aren't they? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They, people, people want resolution of their discomfort, their pain straight away. They don't want to go, oh, I'll come back next Thursday. So, you know, it, it's, it's win-win. You've ideally bought, built some rapport straight away. I think the point I'm saying is the, the therapists that we know have been on their own struggled some have come to work for us. Uh, they they they're giving enormously long free ICs, and that is not good for the client, and it's certainly not good for them. So just keep it down to the ten minutes, uh, because what what was happening that you know um, we were hearing that people were clients were coming in feeling better after an hour's chat, and, and then going away again. They didn't need and, therapy. Yeah. Such, such is the power of the bloody placebo. Yeah, totally. The, totally. Uh, an authority figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to give it all away for free, no. <laughs> Quite, um, give a lot away for free. Don't get me wrong. But when we've got the client in front of us, you can see where you can help. You, you know the way you can help. But it is therapy. It's not magic. And it is important to be able to support the client with as much support as they need. And if you're constantly giving it away for free, you're going to go broke. You ain't going to be able to be a therapist. Mm. Does that make sense? Well, total sense. And I genuinely believe that anyone watching or listening to this, and I always say this every episode, once you've watched it once or listened to it once, then get a pen and paper and listen and watch again and take notes. But in particular, what James has just mentioned uh, and, and Sue about not doing longer than 10 minutes for an initial consultation and then closing the sales, it will be called in 
sales arena, but basically, layman's terms, say to the client, are you ready to change your life for the better? Let's go. It's a massive, yeah, massive gold nugget here that when applied could just dramatically transform your, your profits and your results, I believe. Absolutely. And secondly, whatever you do, make sure it's really high quality. So um, in, in our practice room, you won't... Uh, so if you move to one way, can you move a tiny bit the other way? I don't even see there on the desk there is an iPad. Yes, I well, did, yeah. Well, we, we, we uh, made an iPad, an app, just for a, a, a iPad, um, not Android. And it has all of the music I've written for our practice and sound effects. So our therapists can come in, press a button, press a button, and they can combine music and sound effects. We have lovely, high-quality speakers. We used to use headphones, but then COVID kicked in. High-quality speakers. The audio experience is, I think, first class. And it's, it's all part of the package. You know, if we, we don't record sessions for clients, I know some people do, and I'm not saying to do or don't, but if you do, make sure they're high quality. Because nowadays, we, you know, it's pretty easy to have the technology, um, you know, microphones for your mobile phones. So just, just make sure everything you do is at the highest quality. Because I think it then reflects on the whole industry um, and to, to, to elevate it. So, you know, when people come into us from, from the emails they get with directions, with everything, we have an app that's about our practice. Um, from the, the whole experience is high end, it's stress reducing because there's no shade of doubt about are these people going to help us? It, it is, mm -hmm. yes, we're going to help you. And if, if it's not Sue or I, it's one of our team. Did you design um, the app yourself or did you bring in a third party to help you? Does it? I, for, for all of our apps, I, I design them. I've got a background in music and uh, music technology. So I write music and do all the editing and the video and stuff like that. And then mm. I use a freelancer who, just, who does the coding bit, which I think is the clever bit. Right. But he couldn't do what he does without me. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it, it's, it's giving the coder as much of the stuff so he can just do the coding bit to, to link everything together. And also, nobody knows your business like you do. So we're very fortunate that James, everything he does is like our personality. We don't have to try and get somebody else to pick up the personality of our business. He's doing it from mm. that. It is just us. It, you know, you can love us or hate us, but we... Everything is coming from, you could tell that's James's designs, that's the colors that he uses for the business. But, and for, for me and, and Lara, our, our PA. So it's a consistent, consistent. Everything. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the right you word, know, not branding, it's more than that. Consistent message, consistent experience. ethos, yeah, everything. Yeah. You, you know, they say um, copying is the highest form of flattery. Mm. We constantly have somebody setting up with a similarish name. If I make a change to the website, they will make it. If uh, even change a, a, a Google ad, they'll change their Google ad. Uh, so you, you've got to take a step back and think, well, I suppose that's a form of flattery. 
But if you it's if you set your standards really high, <laughs> yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. But but um, I, I, that's a, that was a really good question. What would you not do, Sue? Is there anything else? Um, no, not that I can think of off the top of my head. Now we're going to come to this in a minute. I keep teasing it, but I've got to ask you something, and it's nothing to do with hypnosis or therapy, right. uh, in particular. James, I noticed when I was checking out your website and this, that, and the other, you've got a background and you've had an involvement with the music and composing for musical theatre. Oh, don't get him started. Well, I've got to ask you a little <laughs> bit about that because my daughter's massively, massively into musical theatre, and she does dance. She is, isn't she? Yes. And yes. Um, she'd kill me if I didn't ask you about what musical theatre. You've uh, been involved musical. with? Well, we've written one completely. All right. Um, that gets performed yes. all over the place. Um, again, James is oh, just a legend. Stick things in your ears a minute because I'm just going to say my stuff. He's inspirational when it comes to so... music for stuff. So he said to me, you know, he'd written this musical when he was a student, um, wasn't happy with the script that had been written. Did I fancy working with him? Because I'd worked with him on lyrics for stuff for school. So we did, we, we had an amazing, well, I had an amazing time because James is such a perfectionist. We had, it was based around Titanic. So we... That, that always goes down well. Yeah. <laughs> Of course, we're originally from Southampton, where Titanic sailed from. So everyone who took part as an English actor was Southampton based. Some of them we even managed to find were direct descendants of people who had sailed on Titanic. But then we had an Irish contingent. So then we have to go to Ireland and find an Irish contingent nice. to record. And then we go to America and find an American contingent, which we were very fortunate. We went to iDrive and they had a Titanic exhibit, exhibit there. And we were just talking to the guy and said, you know, we've written this musical. I think he thought James was James Cameron, Steven Spielberg. Excellent. <laughs> we got all these American actors, wonderful, amazing people to work with us. So we travelled all around the world piecing this together and then James edited it all, got an app for it, Titanic the Musical. Nice. And it was an incredible experience, but everything, he's to the nth degree. We found a historian, a Titanic historian, who had a scale model of Titanic. So we have to drive to his house at um, Honeymoon Bay and work out whether our story, the story we created... Mm -hmm. would have actually logistically worked because if it wouldn't there'd be some bugger out there saying couldn't have happened oh yeah yeah so so to answer your question <laughs> excellent uh uh yes i i, I got about four musicals published but uh the 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 kind of uh, there's a lesson in there because actually the titanic musical i wrote I wrote before the film came out and before the American musical. All oh, right. Um, and, and some of the last survivors came to see it and, and loved it. Uh, but sadly, and again, this is the lesson, the person I wrote it with was something of a narcissist, going, harking oh, back really? to our conversation. No, 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 no. It was somebody else originally. 
uh, and so therefore it we didn't do anything with it uh, at that time and of course then the american titanic music came out and it's real sad because it, it i think it could have been something really special and have been the titanic musical it's still it's still there if you go to titanicmusical.co.uk the the version that i originally did and, and then change with sue is still there it's a it is a fantastic musical um but um you know again lesson if you've got something great be, be mindful of who you're working with because that can really impact its success mm. um but again as sue said it was fantastic we had the pleasure of meeting and befriending the last survivors of titanic and learning so much wow about Titanic and going and meeting people who dive down to Titanic and holding bits of Titanic. So the experiences was just wonderful. So yeah, yeah I wish sure. your daughter well, because it's a difficult field, but if you're good and that's what you want to do, then, uh, then go for it. Yeah, hard industry. But there again, any kind of any self-employment can be hard, lonely industry. Which is where right people. Which is where great trying to make this into a segue, you see, seamless. Which is where having the inner resilience and self-help techniques to help yourself deal with things will come in useful. (laughs) I see. Look at that, almost planned. What a segue. What a segue. (laughs) We're going to talk about this, how to overcome the bully in your brain and achieve the life you want and Deserve, please. Can you tell us about this? It's make no sort explain. Says James L. Holmes on the front, but cleverly, you search Sue Peckham on Amazon, comes up with this as well. See, uh, let me tell you why that is the case. Uh, I, I said to Sue, Look, I've put the book on Amazon, and she, to be honest, she had a hissy fit because her name wasn't on it. Oh. Uh, and I said, well, firstly, you haven't written any part of it. You haven't even read it. She said, I don't care. I want my name on it. So that, that is why. So, okay. uh, Sue, would you, like to, would you like to tell Jonathan and, and the listeners what the book well, is about? Because I spent two years running our business while he sat scribbling. Well, yeah, no, all right, no, I'm very, yeah, no, that's a fair oh, point, because book. a book that big and content-rich, and I can tell it's content-rich and not padding, because I, I, I have a random thing. If I can't randomly stop a book every sort of dozen pages, look at both pages rapidly and have something jump at me that goes, oh, that could be worth reading, then it's going to go to lower down the pile. If I can go through a book this thick and pretty much everywhere I stop, start, I mean, immediately. I don't even need to read, but I see the imagery and I look at that and I go, oh, there's various different ways this story could go. I wonder which one he's gone with. That'll be interesting to find out. And he just, I know I'm going to enjoy reading this. And that's me as a therapist. But I'm so. guessing that this is aimed also or more so at human <laughs> beings full stop. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, it, it's written in a way that, firstly, you don't have to read it consecutively. Um, in, in terms of when clients come in, it isn't just for clients coming in. If they have a particular problem, I would say, well, read chapter 20 or 36, whatever. Because let's be honest, we're all, we're all time poor. 
Um, there is an audiobook version that should be done at the end of next week. Um, and a lot of my particularly male clients say they don't really like reading. And I said, well, it's great that the audiobook will be out. So I kind of think of each chapter as a prescription. And we spoke earlier about trauma mm-hmm. and the effects of that. And there's a, there's a chapter um, on trauma, and it's called Hurt People, Hurt People, which is a brilliant quote, uh, chapter 26, uh, by oh, yeah. um, um, the author of another fantastic book, or a fantastic book called A Complaint Free World, Will Bowen, mm-hmm. and Hurt People, Hurt People. Um, a fantastic quote. So, yeah, so right now when, when clients come in, I say, look, read this particular chapter, chapter go to this, etc. But I, I, I've had fantastic feedback. It's, it's only recently been published. And I, I'm not a writer at all. I, I struggle to write. I'm dyslexic. So oh, I, I, don't find, I don't find writing easy at all. But oddly enough, when I was writing it uh, during lockdown, um, I used a different font, and I, I think I thought the book was about 150 pages long. So it wasn't until I paid a freelancer to format it properly did I find out it's 400. So it was never I never planned for it to be as large as that, and I, I did think, well, I should take some out. But then I thought, actually, I went through. I thought, well, what would I take out? But I may do a review, a reduced version of it in, in the future because it is quite a big book. But again, you don't have to read it consecutively. You know, if if somebody says, oh, I've got a particular problem, if I'm a catastrophic thinker or, or, or uh, I've got limiting beliefs about something, then I say, just read this particular chapter and direct them in, in that, that area. But it, it is a book about belief systems. It's about cognitive bias. It's about do we see the world as it is or how we believe it to be? Um, in essence, I, I kind of I believe I know that all behavior is belief driven. Mm-hmm. Again, all behavior is belief driven, and yet, when have we ever spent a single moment at school or college, or university, learning about beliefs? And yet, everything you and I have done since we woke up this morning is underpinned by a belief system. And yet, we when when do we learn about it? So it is it is it isn't a book about religious or political beliefs. I, I avoided that, and I actually say it's kind of a shame that there isn't a different word for a belief system to kind of remove it from. I know there's an overlap with religious and political beliefs, but I really wanted uh, people to start challenging how they see the world and and how they think. And that's why there's so much kind of research. It it is a book of just research pinned together with a couple of my stories with clients and and as a teacher as well. I, I didn't I want to write I, too much. I haven't, I haven't even read it yet, but I think that's probably, that one sentence there is probably, uh, my advice, cut that out. It's just a book full of research pinned together. It's probably the worst sales <laughs> line I've ever heard and probably, gives the impression probably. that it's going to sound really boring. And uh, to viewers yeah, and no. listeners, let me tell you, I haven't read it, but I have stopped at random bits and read a couple of lines to see whether my instinct that that jumped out was going to be of interest. And it is far from being a dry academic text. It most yes. definitely isn't. So don't let the word research put you off. No, it certainly isn't, it, it isn't academic. Yeah. The feedback yeah, it, it, from folks who've read it, from uh, business associates who've read it, they say it's they once they get into it, they wish they hadn't picked it up because now they can't put it down. It, you know, they they expected just to 
pick up a few nuggets from it, but they said they're absolutely, you know, fascinated by it. And they love the way it's written and it gives them a complete different way of looking at things. Now, I have to say this, people, there will be links below, but if you go on Amazon or your favourite bookseller, don't have to be Amazon, other stores are available, and type in the title, How to Overcome the Bully in Your Brain by James Holmes. It will pop up $12.99, but on Amazon you get free delivery as well. Um, if you've got Amazon Prime, you'll get it the next day, as long as you don't order the hardback. Avoid the hardback for now. Amazon, well, on Amazon anyway. Uh, but get yourself a copy for two reasons. A, because you want to read it, and B, for the therapist uh, who watch and listen to this that are in England, or Europe, or prepared to travel further afield. i got to tell you that on Saturday, the 24th of September, 2022, and I state that in case you're not hearing this until the following year, this event may have gone then, but the longer you're hearing this when it comes out, or before Saturday, the 24th of September, 2022, uh, the founder of a thing called Fat Gnosis, who many of you in England may know about, because he's always on television, on the radio, in the newspapers, a guy called Steve Miller, he used to present Fat Families on Sky TV, is going to be organising, well, he is organising, he's going to be presenting an event with a colleague of his called Wayne Durana, who is one of my Real Results Hypnosis students, in Birmingham, England, United Kingdom. It's going to be running from 10am in the morning till around, it says 5 o'clock on the website, but I believe it'll be nearer to 6 o'clock, but anyway. Also, the people who are going to be on there, yes, the reason I mention it is because James is going to be there on the expert panel. Sue is going to be on the expert panel. We're also going to be joined by Daniel McDermott, who is uh, one of his specialist areas is smoking cessation as well. Author of Stop Smoking, It's a Doddle. Uh, we're going to be joined by Sonia Richards, who has authored the book um, the Integral Eye Movement Therapy, The Definitive Guide, is one of the trainers for Andrew Austin's approach of that. Obviously, Steve Miller will be there uh, as well. And it's going to be a whole day of sharing uh, techniques to be more effective with your clients, to affect the theatre of your client's mind. The expert panel of James, Sue, Sonia, Daniel, Wayne and Steve uh, and myself will be you'll be able to pick our brains on absolutely anything and everything that could help you get better results or build your business. And in terms of a continuing professional development day, there's loads of people out there running them uh, that promise you the earth and then fail to deliver. Well, I do know that Steve Miller's only pick people who like James and Sue have got monumentally easily found by anyone who wants to check them out, social proof galore of actually walking the walk day after day rather than just some of the shit you see out there. Excuse the language. <coughs> so if you want to grow your hypnotherapy business, whether it's from the point of view of being more successful with the results you get with clients, or you want to pick the brains of people who've like got over a million downloads for their app, uh, that people have bought and, uh, you know, have seen so many clients that they can refer them to numerous other therapists that, that they brought on board, then this is the one event to be at on Saturday, the 24th of September, 2022 in Birmingham, England. There are airports nearby to get into East Midlands Airport. You can get there via air, rail, land, you name it. It's, and, uh, and 
if you'll go to the link that will be below this, along with Sue and um, James's contact details, you will find currently, as this goes out, the early bird, but if you leave it a week or two, the price will have gone up. But it's still going to be an investment because it's tax deductible for you. And just if you get another nugget like James and Sue have shared with you today, those nuggets about what not to do, It'd be worth attending for anyway, but you're going to get a full day packed with stuff from Sue, James, Steve Miller, Wayne Durana, Sonia Richards, Daniel McDermott, and I myself uh, will be giving a keynote speech like none other, I can assure you. If you're easily offended, don't fucking buy a ticket. <laughs> otherwise, go to the link below because this is a day that will give you that kick up the proverbial backside so that you can go out and be motivated to achieve the kind of success that Sue and James are doing and already have done. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, the, the stage is yours for your final. The final question normally is what's your top piece of advice of what to do? Um, do it just do something don't just sit there pun oh but should we do this just do something and get some really good marketing advice don't buy somebody else to do your marketing nobody knows your business like you do learn how to do the marketing yourself so that you are really good at getting your own stuff out there and just like i say turn up everywhere just be everywhere. Take action. I would sum that up. Actually, do don't think about it. Do it. Excellent. Thank you. And James, buy my book. <laughs> buy his book. Get the book. Actually, in all seriousness, well, uh, read it. But you've got to read it. It's no good. Just buying it won't do anything. Yeah. Uh, in all seriousness, I wish I had had my book five years ago uh, because I, I learned so much looking at stuff to go in the book. You know, I, I honestly didn't have much of an idea what I was going to write about when I started. It was a vague idea. Uh, and soon I have a business mentor and, and I kind of put this idea to him. He said, oh, I, you know, I'd love that in a book. And, and my thoughts were, I can't write a book. I'm dyslexic. I, I, I don't like reading. I can't write a book. And I thought, well, that's crazy. It is a book about belief systems. I have to overcome that belief myself. Yeah. And I thought I can't have stuff in the book that wouldn't be useful, A, to a client. You know, you know, I'm helping people with drug addictions, depression, anxiety, and suicidal. Uh, you know, I want to put stuff in it that we can't, we can't see everybody. You know, physically, there isn't enough time, people around the world. I thought, I want to put stuff in the book that's practical, that, you know, if you follow it, if you do it, will change your life and, your, and also your health. It isn't just a book about improving your mind. It's about improving your health as well. Oh, I've, okay. I've had my own battle with I've had my own battle with health issues, um, neurological issues, and so therefore it, it, it is. And in many ways, the answers to a lot of it are almost between the lines. I, I don't necessarily dictate do that, but actually, when you get it, it will change your life. So again, uh, yes, I'm promoting my book. But I wish I had had that book. I wish somebody else had done the legwork for all the years that I've had to, to give me something that I could read. But it's all that knowledge in, in one place. You know, I've got, mm -hmm. I've got a massive bookcase in that room there with hundreds and hundreds of books. I love books. 
but you get little nuggets from each one. Uh, and like yourself, you know, a lot of them are, are shelf help books where, where, where you get a book, you think it's not grabbing me uh, and it remains on the shelf. But I want it to be something that people get so much from that actually changes their life. Oh, yeah. Which reminds me, the other reason, I never mentioned the other reason for buying James's book. Can I segue it off and mentioned Event 22? Here's the thing. While you're on Amazon buying a copy of How to Overcome the Bully in Your Brain, add that to your basket, then why not go and get Steve Miller's Weight Loss Secrets? They've got second-hand copies. They've sold out of the new print, but you can get one for a few quid. I know I got one the other day. Get Daniel McDermott's Stop Smoking, It's a Doddle. Um, get... In- uh, integral eye movement therapy the definitive guide and get a copy of the encyclopedia of hypnotherapy stage hypnosis complete mind therapy by yours truly jonathan royal bang them all in Excellent. your bag bring them to birmingham on saturday the 24th of september and we'll all happily post for photographs sign your books for you to increase them in value for you maybe who knows um but, but you know it won't just be about can the i bring my itself. dvd jonathan go as you can. My DVD? Course you can we need something to <laughs> use as a coaster for our beer in the bar in the evening don't we um but joking aside seriously get yourself there look at the links below this video or the speaker on the podcast platforms visit these guys websites if you got things that you could do with help with i'm sure I know that on the 24th of September, event 22, anything you want to ask Sue or James, they'll be more than happy where they can to help and advise you, motivate you, steer you in the right direction. That's what the whole ethos of the day is about. And I suspect maybe after event 22 in September, probably on a first come first serve basis to the people who are actually live there at the event who take action and make an effort to be there, that maybe um, Sue and James may down the line do some kind of online or in-person businessy coachy um, event for therapists on a bigger scale. But, you know, the first yeah. people who will hear about that are those of you who take action now and go to the links below. So do it. Sue, James, thank you so much for your time. Um, you. It's been a pleasure. Look after thank yourselves. You. Thank you for everything. You. I will see you. Oh, bye-bye. Woof, woof. And I will see you physically <laughs> in Birmingham on the night before, Friday the 23rd. Yes, definitely. Um, I'll be there. See Look you forward then. to Take it. Take care. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Take care, mate. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.